Welcome to the Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Hani Rambod. I'm here with my co-host, Austin, and we're here to talk about the truth. <laughs> the truth of the Q&A. We've got some good Q&A questions. We've been getting real good recently. Yes. You know, it's been a while since we did a Q&A. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we did our first podcast back just a couple of days ago. Now we are talking post-Olympia. we got a bunch of different questions, and I want to be able to give back to you all because you have been so patient with our lack of content on this <laughs> podcast because I was so jammed up. Yeah, uh, we had a show. There's a little show that was going on. There was a small show up. called yeah. the Mr. Olympia. Yeah. And, uh, but I think you all understand. But uh, let's get this party started. I was going to say, yeah, we can kick it off with an Olympia-themed question, um, okay. which this is, I think, is a very, very interesting one. We're just diving straight into it. How can you be fair when you train two athletes both in open? Referring to Derek and Hottie, of course. Mm -hmm. How can it be fair when you got two of them? Very simple. It was very fair, and I focused on it, oh God, when was it, 2009, 2010, 2011, when I had Jay and Phil. Mm. And so uh, not only did they go 1-2, uh, especially in 2010 and 2011, it was also the focus was on bringing each individual athlete in their best. Theoretically, I would never do this, but let's just say I had 10 people in the Mr. Olympia competition. Mm -hmm. I would focus on their strengths and weaknesses individually because mm -hmm. I don't look at it as this person is going up against this person. It's always what's the best version of that person that you're trying to bring in. And I'll give a little example of that. I, I, like for Hadi, right? Uh, I was hoping that him and Derek would go one, two. But before that, we're talking about Big Rammy who had won twice. Yeah. So he was the front runner. By all means, everybody thought that he was going to go in there and crush because most people who've, especially after you've won one and you, you get to two, you start to really build momentum. So he, everybody thought he was the front, uh, front runner, including me, mm -hmm. because he had won two. You had guys like William Bonnick, who had been in the top five many times. Brandon. You had Brandon, who had won already in 2019 that mm -hmm. was coming back. You have Nick Walker, who's building momentum was in the top five last year in his first Mr. Olympia competition. You had Hunter Labrada, same thing. Mm -hmm. So you have all of these people. And then you have question marks like Andrew Jack. You had Crizzo. Samson. Have Samson. Mm -hmm. All of these other new up-and-coming guys that were building a tremendous amount of momentum. I think that what people don't understand, especially people who hadn't been around since I was training Jay and, and Phil together, is that any person that I work with, I'm going to give 100% to, to that person. And we even have some really good stories about when Jay Cut, uh, Cutler had tore his bicep mm -hmm. a couple weeks out from the Olympia in 2011. And Phil was in such a good place in terms of where his body was mm -hmm. that he said, just look at me, come by, and then go take care of Phil. I mean, go take care of Jay. Oh, wow. He said that. Wow. Phil, Phil was just very non, just in terms of just, he wasn't being needy. He wasn't being overly like, hey, take care of me more yeah. because I, I, I look really great and I want to win the Olympia. He was like, come look at me, make sure I'm okay, but then go take care of Jay because he knew Jay was injured. Yeah. And he says, do the best you can with him because I know you're going to need to spend more time. And that was the thing that he That's was cool. sacrificing because- yeah. As much as people think that Phil is a certain type of person, they really don't know Phil. Yeah. And in general, these athletes are not selfish when it comes to things like that. Not to say not all of them. Some of them can be. Mm -hmm. Some of them can be needy. Some of them can be really time-consuming and they, they need to have a lot of extra attention because of different types of insecurities. But a perfect example was in 2011 when Jay got hurt and he said, Come check on me, take a look at me, make sure I'm good, but don't spend too much time because if I'm fine, just go spend as much time as you need to with him, mm -hmm. hours, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So that way, if I had to tweak food or, hey, let's get into the gym, you know, this is several days out from the show to try to go ahead and assess where his body's going to go because it was kind of all over the map at the time. And what happened was he just said, take care of it and then just check back on me whenever you need to. And I think there was a meal I had to give him and I was called him. And I think I was over at Jay's. Uh, I think I was in his room or I was doing something with him. And I said, hey, are you good? He says, I'm good. Um, 
uh, I looked exactly the way I did before. Do you want me to just go ahead and continue the same meal as I had the last meal? I said, yes, go ahead and do that. And then I'll check with you on the next meal. And then, so I pushed it back a couple of hours mm-hmm. because he was in a good place. He was a good place mentally. He was in a good place uh, emotionally and physically. And then, so he gave me an extra two or three hours to do what I needed to do to go back to that. Because I would assume that you would say, you'd probably agree that giving 100% to every single person doesn't always mean there's three people, 33%, 33%, 30, as far as perfectly split time. Because there might be some people who don't need as much, some that need a little bit more. But you're just focused on giving each person 100% of what they need. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And also, when I go and check on Seabom this year, I can go and check on him and talk to Courtney, mm-hmm. make sure to advise on what foods for the next two meals, sit down with them for 20 minutes to make sure if anything happens. If I haven't seen him pose in a while, I'll get him up, get him to pose, make the assessment, make adjustments in the water, make adjustments in sodium, make adjustments in foods, fats, all the macros. And then I'll leave him be, mm-hmm. get him to rest or whatever he has to go do for the next X number of hours because he may have the opportunity to rest. He may have the opportunity to go tan because he maybe has that scheduled mm-hmm. to go tan. He may have a uh, something that he has to do for his one of his sponsors, whatever it is. But then he has X number of hours to do what he needs to do. And then I have those hours to go check on someone else. So then I'll go check on, let's say, Derek. Then I'd go check on Derek and I'd say, okay, Derek, let's take a look at you. Let's see where you are. You, wh- which direction your body's going in? Is it getting fuller? Is it flattening out? Is it starting to look a little bit blurred because of some changes that we made from the previous update from mm-hmm. four hours previously? Mm-hmm. So it's constantly monitoring. Then I make sure Jelson, his wife, mm-hmm. has everything going on. So you're not just talking to the athlete. It's like the support system around the athlete. A hundred percent. Sometimes I don't yeah. even talk to the athlete. Yeah. Sometimes I'll do the updates. I'll send the messages to their wife, oh. their significant other, because I know that they're preparing food. Mm-hmm. And they said, hey, he just ate an hour ago. Um, can you let me know what you want to do for the next meal? Do you want to look at him or do you want to do, you know, just send me what the mm-hmm. meal is. And sometimes I'll send the meal because I know what direction we're going in. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes I'll say, no, hold off on it until I look at him. So that's what I would do. Mm-hmm. And then so Courtney is an amazing support system for Chris. You have Jelson, who's an amazing support system for Derek. So they got these, you know, these women in their lives are super strong, the backbone of their team. And then Hottie has an amazing woman. I mean, you know, <laughs> Habib was the, the amazing woman in his life. He said, I was like, I don't remember. <laughs> he does. Yeah. He does. You know, I mean, his wife... Um, uh, you know, <laughs> all joking aside, uh, it's it's Hadi has a a super supportive wife back home with the kids. But here he, but here know, away from all that, he's away from all that. Yeah, yeah. So he has Habib, yeah. which is one of his best friends, and he's there. He's cooking. He's cleaning. He's there. He's mm-hmm. texting me. Hey, you know, we, we've done this. <laughs> this is the food. And then I go over. It's the same thing. Wife material. It's, it's super go. wife. Anybody yeah. wants to wife up? <laughs> wife up Habib. <laughs> Check out Bumble. I'll forward you. I'll, we'll put his link to his Bumble oh, page down man. below. He's looking. But uh, but what would happen was I would go look at Hottie. Mm-hmm. We would take a look. We'll see what what's going on. His fullness. You know how he's feeling. Or I'll shoot a message to him and saying, "How are you feeling? I'm feeling yeah. much fuller. I'm feeling good. Thank you for checking in." And we would turn around, set up the meals for the next two or three. Uh, always looking a little flat. Let's go ahead and let's bump these carbs up, or let's let's do the meal frequency sooner. Mm-hmm. Let's try to run them a little bit further back to back, or let's increase some of these types of different types of um, fat based proteins, or mm-hmm. let's cut that back because he's starting to go in a different direction. Same thing with fluid, same thing with sodium. So you would say that like, it would be just as if you would have handled it the exact same way as if Derek was still back in 212. It's just, you're prepping three athletes to be their best. That's right. That's right. That's why when people ask me, well, how, how is it not to be biased about what Mm -hmm. they're individual athletes trying to be their individual best. Mm -hmm. And it sounds weird, but it wouldn't have made any difference to you if those first and second were swapped. No. Meaning like it wouldn't. You just no. are preparing them to be their best because both of them are going to win and both of them want to succeed. Just Absolutely. We yeah. can sit there and say <laughs> what, when they were in the top two, I was done. I was done. I did my job. 
let the judges sort out the rest. I think people are sitting there thinking like, oh, he slipped hot, an extra rice cake <laughs> or something, something like, no. oh, he got it. It just makes no sense. I've heard people say that. I'm like, he just trains them to both go for the win. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And it was a lot of strategy for both sides for the both of them. Yeah. Because I'm trying to create strategy for them to be their very best, yeah. not for them to go against one another mm-hmm. per se, because you don't know if they're going to be standing next to a six foot two Andrew Jacked or if they're going to be standing next to somebody else that's a five foot six, five foot seven Nick Walker. Mm-hmm. You don't know. If you look at those types of physiques, you're going to you're going to go down the wrong road. Yeah. You need to be able to try to bring in the absolute best with what you have to work in front of you at that given time. Mm-hmm. Not just say, okay, well, I'm going to come in a little fuller to go against this guy or that yeah. because it, it doesn't work out that way. Yeah. All right. Great answer to the question. Next question. Let's go ahead and just loop in directly with that one. We were obviously talking about peak week there. Mm-hmm. So what would you say are your top three mistakes you see people do through peak week? Top three mistakes. Peak still week. look out for. Uh, too much, too many changes. Mm, okay. Too many changes. I think that we all want and believe that there could be some magic fairy dust that you do at the very end. And I feel that there is this 520 rule. Many times to try to make yourself 5% better, you end up making yourself 20% worse. Mm. You got to stop that. If you're a coach out there and you're doing things and you're praying that you're going to end up making this physique into something substantially better by doing some kind of carb manipulation, or if you end up doing some type of water manipulation or sodium manipulation, it it could make yourself, your athlete 20% worse. Stop the madness, work on smaller increments, and that's going to make everybody better. Mm. And what happens is people try to do these gigantic shifts. I remember watching some of these coaches in the last 20, 25 years that I came up with, and I'm not going to name names. But they would turn around and they would be having their athletes load up on McDonald's a week out. <laughs> French fries because of the salt and all these A week out? A week out. Hmm. And they're like, what am I, do- what are you doing? Well, I'm, I'm going to create this huge sodium influx so I can change aldosterone levels. There's so much better ways of doing it. Mm-hmm. And what needs to happen is that you have to start thinking to yourself, if you're going to start introducing foods that your body is not used to, like fatty French fries and super high sodium from McDonald's, you're going to have a response. Are you going to be able to reel that in if it ends up being a lot more than what you Mm -hmm. thought? Mm -hmm. And if so, then you're going to have to sit down and start saying, okay, I have to pray to the diuretic gods to try to fix this. And when that happens, that F up fairy can show up. Mm Mm-hmm. And many times she does. And she ends up coming in and starts knocking on the door. And you don't want to open it up. But next thing you know, she kicks that shit back in. And she's like, surprise. Because <laughs> <laughs> you, you hear and, all too often people are like, oh, I looked super good six days out. I've heard so many stories. Yeah. I don't know what happened with yeah. Big Rammy. I'm going to go ahead and bring up Big Rammy. But I've heard everything from they were doing pizza. They were doing this. I don't believe any of it because unless it comes out of either Chad Nichols's mouth or it yeah. comes out of Big Rammy's mouth, but I hear all kinds of stuff. And some of the stuff I think is more speculation, internet speculation. And then people come into the gym and they come up to me and go, I heard this. Yeah, yeah. I go, did you speak to Big Rammy? No. Do you know Big Rammy? No. Then unless you heard it directly from his mouth, then don't speculate. But do I know that there are coaches that do some crazy shit? Absolutely. I've been in this game a very, very long time, and I've seen it myself. I've walked into rooms. I've seen people with bags of McDonald's and all kinds of crazy stuff. And uh, But I will tell you something, though. Here's, here's mm. a little good story. Um, I, I did do that once. With who? Phil Heath. Was it like McDonald's? Mm-hmm. Why? What was the reason? Okay. So uh, <laughs> in 2009, when I had Jay and Phil... And Phil had gotten sick the night before and he was thrown up. Mm. He was having problems digesting food. There was a lot of speculation of there was a couple of days before that. He, he just wasn't digesting right. And then eventually he just couldn't digest anymore. And then he ended up throwing up. And then he couldn't really carb up because his digestion was so screwed up. So I had to sodium load him for the show. 
because I needed to get him 3D because he was flat as F. Yeah. He was super, super flat. It's 2009. So Jay was on point. It was a flip of the yeah, script yeah. situation. From 2011. Yeah. From 2011. Jay was on point. Uh, I was staying at a residence in, in Las Vegas and Phil was right next to me. And then Jay was at his house and Jay came over for me to look at him. And I was blown away. I was like, wow, he looks really good. Mm -hmm. Glutes were shredded. Lower back was completely in. He was full as a house. We got him super full, but we got him really, really dry. And then after that, he's like, man, I can't believe I look like this. Because I would take pictures and I would show it to him. Mm -hmm. And he said to me, who's that? <laughs> I said, this is you. I just took a picture of you. Actually, I think my wife was there too. And she just started laughing. And I said, you know, everything's on point, man. I was, you know, just get back to have these couple of meals and we're going to go ready for prejudging. It was, it was the morning of prejudging. Mm -hmm. And then with Phil, he was eating and he was eating his chicken and rice and just like, just really just kind of keeping it really bland food. And then I looked at him, but because he was sick the night before and he was throwing up all that food that didn't digest, never got into mm -hmm. his muscle bellies, all of that, all those carbohydrates, everything from several days worth of food just and you're the day of and we're the day of and he's like i don't know what to do what, what should i do what do you think and i just told him i said go get mcdonald's <laughs> what was the order do you remember i think it was like double quarter pounder fries um just one it was either it was like probably a couple mm -hmm. i mean this is 2009 so what's that 14 years ago 13 mm -hmm. years ago and and he's like really and i said yeah i said we're gonna have to we have to shit load you a little bit and we didn't go crazy, crazy. It's not like I gave him pizza yeah. and do all that. And because he looked small because he just, like I said, none of the food digested. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, oh, God, the food, nothing's sticking. And then when he was eating, nothing was sticking because it was almost like two or three days worth of food just yeah. got yeah. thrown up and he never got to digest it. So I just said, look, this is what we're going to do. I want you to eat this and this. And so, again, there's a, there's a flip side to that story. So I'm. But there's a big difference between starting McDonald's a week out yeah. or doing a lot of these things a week out versus having a situation happen at that point. It's kind of a last, like, last case scenario. It was. Yeah. It was. What was and the effect of it? He started to come alive. Okay. He was literally probably not going to be in the top 10 the way he looked, mm -hmm. probably 8th or ninth or 10th. And then he ended up being, I think it was either 4th or 5th. Mm. And he got into back into the top 5. McDonald's, not a sponsor. No, no. <laughs> but I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. I mean, and that was, I believe for all those that think that Phil's always beat Kai at the Olympia, Kai beat him that year. Kai was fourth mm. and I believe fifth, uh, I think, uh, Phil was fifth and it was a one point difference. Wow. But that was because of us being able to eat the McDonald's, bring his body back. And, uh, and that was it just to try to get everything to be able to expand and get fuller much faster. So time and place, there was a time and yeah. place and, and Jay going back on it was like, how's Phil? How's he doing? I said, he's better now. He's eating. We're just got to fill him up. I just kept telling Jay, I said, we, I just got to fill him it's up. probably why Phil had that mindset in 2011. I'm, I assume if Jay was the same way back when he needed the extra attention to, but, but, but Phil wasn't there when he said that. Ah, oh, so he didn't know. Nope. All right, cool. So that's, that's, nope. that's even cooler than, nope. He, did, he was not in the room. Wow. He was not in the room. Phil was in his room wow. next door uh, because there were like these condo looking mm -hmm. uh, apartment residences. Mm -hmm. And so he was in his room and then Jay came to my room mm -hmm. and said, how's he doing? I said, he's good. He's just eating and he's relaxing and he's resting. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and he says, okay, well, whatever you need, let me know if there's anything you need. I said, no, he's, you know, he's eating he, everything else. I said, Jay, you're in a really good spot. We just need you to look like this on stage. Yeah. So don't stress out, relax. And, um, and he was building, his confidence kept building yeah. because as he kept looking at himself and he kept doing those, those pictures of him at the pool, the last day or two mm -hmm. with his pool in the background mm -hmm. when he was, those were the check-in photos that he was sending me. Oh, no way. Yeah. So oh. those were the check-in photos that were sending me. So, uh, I believe it was, um, uh, Max Muscle Dave that were sending me those. There's one of the guys from the crew mm -hmm. that was staying at this house were sending me all the updated photos of after the meals he was looking so we can give direction on what to eat and so when i was doing that when he came in and i looked at him it became one of those things where it was just like i'm in a good spot just 
go ahead and take care of Phil yep. because he knew what happened with Phil the night before. And so I just said, look, I appreciate it. You're in a really good spot. Stay in your spot. I'm going to do whatever I can to fill out, you know, Phil. And, um, and so again, Phil ended up placing, I believe fifth. Mm-hmm. Kai was fourth. Uh, second was branch. And I believe Dexter was third. Mm. And I, I believe so. And, um, but I believe that was the year that branch had taken second. Uh, which he's still mad at me. Because <laughs> if I didn't work with Jay, he yeah. said that he would have been Mr. Olympia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I owe him some. I owe him a lot of barbecue yeah, on that. Yeah, he's here in Dallas too. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Next time I go shooting with yeah. him, I got to be careful. <laughs> <laughs> this is for 2009. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but going forward too, I think that they had a lot of uh, amazing respect for one another. Yeah, and yeah. I, you know, it's a team thing too. Yeah, everybody. Yeah. Same thing with Hottie. Hottie, you know, if you'd be backstage or something, if he saw something where he would see one of the other team members on on our team that needed help or what, what he thought. Um, same thing with Seabum. He, he had said some things about Chris. He's like, hey, when he's posing this or that, it's like you really got to get him to do that most muscular mm-hmm. because it's so crazy and so nasty. And mm-hmm. and Chris is not used to doing a most muscular, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So not only did he did his hands class most muscular, but when we were training together here in Dallas with Hottie and him, what ended up happening is we started getting him to do crab mm-hmm. most muscular. <laughs> I can't believe it. Um, and then on the crab most muscular, he turned around and he's like, how do I look? And he just looked crazy. And I was like, whoa, that <laughs> looks really good. I was like, oh, gain it about 10 pounds and let's stand, get him to stand next to Derek yeah, exactly. and Hottie and let's see how that goes. Men's open, Chris. Yeah. Uh, so just not giving anybody any ammunition out there. <laughs> We're just throwing <laughs> jokes out there. All right. Everybody relax. Actually. Okay. So I got a question that loops back in with you mentioned backstage. So this one actually has to do with, uh, you know, Evgen products. So backstage, do you load EVP 3d extreme or AQ when somebody's getting ready to go back on or to go on stage? Yeah. Some people, I guess, saw, uh, my guys have them backstage mm-hmm. and depending on how they're looking and how th- things are going with the fullness, I do incorporate them. Okay. Right before they get on stage. Just in case somebody doesn't know, 3D non-stim pre-workout, extreme yes. stimulant pre-workout, AQ liquid. Yeah. So Hottie's really has selective hearing. <laughs> <laughs> quite, quite literally. Like quite, quite, you know, so yeah. again, yeah. Hottie has a hearing impediment. Yeah. But Hottie has selective hearing on top of that. Yeah. So he ends up telling a story on this one. I tell him, Make sure you use 3D because I don't want you to use caffeine because it's going to act like a diuretic. And I know that there's going to, it's going to act a bit differently, especially when you're already in a diuresis mm-hmm. state. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're dry, your water's been cut back. All the things that go along with being on stage at the Mr. Olympia competition. So I took, tell him, take some 3D backstage with you. And then I'll tell you whether or not you need to use it. You can turn, turn around get somebody to take some photos for it to me. And then I'll tell you, this is an hour out, 45 minutes out because it normally takes about 15 minutes to kick in. Okay. Um, 10 to 15 minutes, max, max. Next thing you know, he gets up on stage and I think this story kind of goes back to um, last, not this year that just went by even the last, the, the 2021. He's getting all crazy on stage, like yelling and screaming oh and all this other <laughs> stuff. And I text him and I go, you know, like, what did you, you know, why you're getting all crazy and stuff. He's like, yeah, I took two scoops of extreme. And I was like, no, I told you 3D. And he's like, no, 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 this makes me feel better because <laughs> he went crazy on the caffeine. And he's just like, and he's all, I'm like, bro, I told you I didn't want you to take too much, you know, caffeine because I don't wow. want you to end up getting an uh, adrenaline dump. Yeah. But it didn't end up happening, thank God. But selective hearing hottie. Is uh, he just yeah. went full? He just, on he went Two full, he just went Two full send. Oh my! He goodness. went full send. Wow! And um, and he would do that. And uh, you mix it with a little bit of water. I'm assuming. Yes, yeah. So the water content is lower. Yeah. So what we're doing is we're limiting we're limiting water. Okay. So there will be a combination of mostly 3D and sometimes AQ. But what we do is also there might be also times if I felt like there's not enough glycogen oh, glyco. that I might add glyco. Mm-hmm. I've also done that too. And the great thing about glyco over a lot of the other carbohydrates is that you can actually make it into a very good paste Mm. if you need to, Mm -hmm. because you can use a lot less water Mm. and water is the root of all evils as you get closer to the show, because you got to be careful if you overdo it, then you're more likely to spill. If you're, you're 
trying to limit your water intake. You get a lot of carbs with very little water. Exactly. So if you go out and you put 16 ounces of water with 50 grams of carbs, yeah. it's you're not going to look right. Yeah. But if you turn around and you can mix it in four ounces of water, and mm. I can put 100 grams of carbs in four to six ounces of water, and that doesn't even turn into a paste yet. Mm-hmm. It, you can even cut it back. Mm-hmm. But the whole point is that those ratios are all determined. That's why there's no set point. Like if I were going to create a contest prep guide, it would literally have to be dependent on how you look to what ratio of what product to take. So this is one of the reasons why it's really hard for me to work with a lot of people because mm-hmm. I go by what I look at and what I see. Yeah, that goes to show by how fast you're checking in with people, like yeah, how, how often. together. Yeah, how often. Right. Yeah. And so when you look at that, they have everything backstage. Yeah. Uh, so they'll have like four or five different products backstage. There'll be different kinds of foods. There'll be some fast-acting carbs, low-acting carbs, different mm-hmm. kinds of fats. Mm-hmm. And that is our t- the way that that's sectioned off and – is chosen is dependent on what that body mm-hmm. looked like two or four hours in the previous mm-hmm. check-in. So they'll have it backstage and Derek had had it backstage as well. And we're looking at it and I said, no, man, you're perfect. I don't need you to take anything. You're straight. You're, you're good to go. And if Hottie feels like he's flattening out a little bit or I see something then I'll say, okay, you go ahead and take a half a scoop or take a scoop of this and then mix it with this and take a little bit but it's all about trying to balance your fullness and conditioning for every given athlete and where they're at with their dryness. Mm. So you can be dry and flat and then it makes you look like you're watery if you're too flat. So you got to really balance that out because you want to push, right? Yeah. Everything's about pushing. Yeah. Everything's about trying to get that 3D look. But if you start to push too hard, what's going to happen is you're going to look spilled. Spilled over. Right. Yeah. And so it's that it's that combination and there's no one formula for every person because every person's body is different yeah. and different places. And then two different preps, it could be completely different. Yeah. I'm sure Derek's was very, very, very different last uh, year to this. The, yeah. And and from what mm-hmm. he had to do versus what Hottie had to do because mm-hmm. their bodies were in different places. Mm-hmm. Same thing with sebum. Mm-hmm. Sebum's in a completely different place. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, sebum has to now work within a weight class. Yeah. So you can't sit there and be like, wow, you looked really good at 248. Well, yeah. <laughs> that ain't <laughs> cut off. That ain't going to be cut off. Yeah, and for yeah. anybody who thinks that you're going to go down to 239, weigh in, and then go up to 248, yeah. that's not going to happen. Yeah. Everyone's like, I'm going to carb up to 255 or something stupid. I'll be like, cool. You'll be out of the top 10. A whole lot of water. A whole bunch of uh, yeah. so, McDonald's. So that's that's how it works. Yeah. Actually, that's perfectly goes into the next question here because this one has to do with um, just the amount of creatine you take change differing on the size of the athlete. Yes and no. For the most part, five to 10 grams mm-hmm. is what I recommend. Have I taken my athletes up to 15 or 20 on a quote unquote loading phase, especially if I felt like somebody was super depleted for a short period of time? Yes. But I also, on average, it's about five to 10 grams for most of the population and most people. If somebody I'm working with where I've had athletes that are over 300 pounds, have they gone up to 15 or 20 grams? Yes, they have. And, uh, but it's usually for shorter stints of time and to be able mm-hmm. to really come back from a really depleted state, whether they've been off for a long time in regards to training, eating right, making sure that just they're super flat yeah. to kind of bring their body back up. Or if we're trying to go into a really heavy strength phase and we get add in an extra five to 10 grams of creatine for short periods of time. Okay. And it's, you don't give the same dosage of a great Dane to what you do, a Chihuahua. Yeah. Right. And same thing goes with protein. Everybody used to think that the universal protein was 25 grams. You can't absorb more than that. When you start adding in the different form factors like your size, your genetics, your there's so many different factors. Mm-hmm. And then there's factors like PEDs. Mm-hmm. And when you're adding those in, those also change absorption rates. Mm-hmm. So all of these things are factored in when you're working with athletes. That's why you could probably just say that the general population, 5 to 10 grams... Yes, general yeah, population, five to ten grams mm-hmm. all day, every day. Got it. Um, so we kind of talked a little bit of peak week prep, all those things. What would be the top three mistakes that you would see people make and want to avoid during uh, the off-season? Well, on the off-season, I think the biggest problem people run into is trying to be bigger. They don't understand. There's a mm-hmm. difference between bigger with mass and bigger with proportions. Number one mistake out there for athletes and coaches. What you really want to do is you really want to work on your overall fullness and size within your body parts. 
And what people do is they just change their mentality for whatever reason and just go towards scale weight. Mm -hmm. So if you're just looking at scale weight, it's not quality weight. You're looking at quality amounts of size in the right body parts. Are you maximizing your body parts where you're trying to make sure to minimize your weaknesses? Are you putting training programs around that? Mm -hmm. Is are your supplements and your food built around that so that you can be at maximum recovery? And when I say supplements, I'm not talking about drugs. I'm talking about supplements that are going yeah. to help you. When I created my line, it was so that I can fill these different gaps and these different holes in people's physiques by being able to continue to stay full. How I created FSD7, it was designed for blood flow. It wasn't a synthol program. It mm -hmm. wasn't a site enhancement program because those are the ways people justify shit mm -hmm. because they think that, oh, it's because you're going to throw a bunch of this or that into a body part. No, it doesn't work that way. For you to be able to do that, if that was the case, then why does Phil Heath have so many striations everywhere? Yeah. That's not how it works. If you turn around and you look at these guys with their just feathered quads and everything else, that's how it works. Now, can scar tissue cause a lot of things? Absolutely. But that's a whole different subject that I do want to actually do. We're going to probably end up doing a, a podcast on that as well because there's a lot of podcasts and there's a lot of different people talking about nerve damage. Mm. And I think that's something that I'll address too because I, I'm not very vocal about a lot of things. So I think that what we're going to start doing, you and I, mm -hmm. is start taking some of these amazing questions and some of these things that are relevant in the news and let's bring them back. Let's go ahead and do that. And if you guys are listening to this, go on YouTube, go ahead and please, please, for the love of God, put your questions down because if I don't see it, I'm not going to answer it. But if you have specific questions, I'm trying to do the best I can to interact with you guys on the comments page on YouTube. I'll go ahead and do the best I can to answer these, especially now that there's the Olympia is over and I've got a little bit of time. But you guys have to be able to do that. And then the only other thing I ask you guys to do besides like, subscribe, do all those things that everybody else should do if you are wanting this type of content or you do appreciate this kind of content is to share it. Share it on Instagram. Share it on Facebook. Share it on the other platforms because what that does is it shows me that you want me to actually go out of my way to do this because believe me, it's not easy. I have to stop my day. I come in here for two or three hours. I ask uh, you guys questions. I try to sit down with Austin. He stops his day so that we can go over this to give back. So if you really appreciate this, share it. That's what I'm asking you to do. Share it and then make sure to comment and make sure you interact with us so that we can turn around and be able to give you the best content possible. Because if you tell us what you want, I'll give it to you. Um, so going back on this whole thing, it's really just a matter of just there's so many questions that we get, mm -hmm. and I think that right now, I, I forgot where we're going. <laughs> we're talking about off-season mistakes. Okay, off-season mistakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The off-season mistake about making sure that you turn around and you focus on your body parts. Hey, if you have weak arms, focus on those. Put them in the beginning of your week. Make sure that you turn around and you focus on doing them not fasted. Eat some meals. Mm -hmm. Get some food behind it. Focus on making sure that you're putting in not only strength movements where you're going to be able to use like a barbell, uh, dumb, heavier dumbbells, but don't go so heavy that you're going to end up using momentum or using your shoulders. Make sure that you're getting that right mind-muscle connection. When I created FSC7, I think that's kind of where I was going with this, is about blood flow and being able to be able to take several different key initiatives, which is a bigger muscle is a stronger muscle. But also if you don't get the mind muscle connection, it doesn't matter what exercises you do with which mm -hmm. weights, then you're not going to look right. Mm -hmm. And the same thing goes with going back to the scale situation. Oh, I'm 280. Great. Do you look 280? You could be five pounds heavier, but look 20 pounds heavier. Yeah. Bodybuilding is an illusion. Stop doing that. Stop doing that. Stop looking at just the scale as a reference point. Stop looking at an in-body and saying, oh, I'm my leanest ever because the in-body shows that. Do you think the judges look at that shit? <laughs> they don't give a shit about that. They go off of what they see. So what they're going to look at is the overall look and bodybuilding is an illusion. So how do you create and cast a better illusion? You make sure that you put your weight and volume in body parts that are going to significantly enhance your physique and not just hit PRs on workouts 
or not just sit there and look at a new high in regards to your weight on a scale. Yeah, I thought that was so silly. I've seen so many people who are 180 pounds. And they're like, oh, I'm starting this off season. I'm starting this bulk. I'll stop it when I get to 200. Like you could you could do that in a couple of days if you really wanted to. <laughs> like, Absolutely. Just go, it makes no go, sense. Go to all you can eat sushi. <laughs> yeah. And you'll be able to really hit about 20 pounds of body weight between mm-hmm. all the sodium and the water weight that you're mm-hmm. going to be able to really blow up. It's not going to make you any better. Mm-hmm. So it's just a number. Mm-hmm. But if you continuously improve and try to focus on body parts, that's when you're going to be your best. All right. Uh, thoughts on supersetting biceps and triceps together or just focusing on one at a time? I think biceps and triceps together are a great program. I've created FSC 7 programs with chest and tries, the whole bro split, because I do like it because you use so much tricep when you do chest. Mm-hmm. But I also like to be able to break it off by itself as well mm-hmm. by being able to do biceps and triceps together. Now, there's two ways of breaking that up. You can either do all bicep exercises together and then do triceps, uh, triceps, or you can turn around and superset biceps and tricep, uh, triceps together back to back on a superset or do one exercise of a tricep and then do one exercise mm-hmm. on a bicep. They all work. I do feel that doing biceps and triceps together work especially well because you already have blood flow in the localized area. Mm. So when you have blood in the bicep, it's really close to the tricep. So you have that localized blood flow. So I feel like it works really well to volumize your arm and and complete the workout by doing both. But the way I've been doing it, I'll give you guys a little secret here, is that I also, if it's doing chest and tries, I like to still throw in bicep movements because normally one or two exercises, maybe two to three sets each, just because of what I just mentioned. Localized blood in the area already? That's right. Got it. So localized blood in the area. So- the takeaway is if you have some localized blood in the area, you don't have to do a full workout just to get a little extra advantage. Mm. Oh, nice. You just kind of toss them in towards the end. That's right. Cool. Uh, what would you be your healthiest condiment options? I know the sebum uses mustard. <laughs> Somebody wrote that? Yeah, Mason. <laughs> the Mason sebum mustard. Yeah. He was miserable. I wonder how miserable he is on a scale from 1 to 10 that I cut out his ketchup and all his other bullshit. <sighs> I would be. Dude. I would be pretty irritated at that. I don't know. Do you think it was like a level 10? No, no. I don't think he gets to a level 10. I've been, I, the, guy, the guy is so. It's pretty even. Killed, the guy is, right? yeah. So I feel like he just sticks out. So, because, you know, if I pulled out, like, let's say I was coaching Ronnie Coleman and I pulled out Casey Masterpiece. Bar- barbecue sauce? Oh, he would stab me in the eye. Mm-hmm. There's no way. Mm-hmm. He still eats it. I talked to him last night. He's, <laughs> he's still like eating his chicken and rice. I mean, doesn't eat the, the meals and the portions he was eating in terms oh, yeah, of like, man. obviously, because uh, he's not as big as he used to be. But he told me, he goes, man, <laughs> you told me to eat, get rid of that Casey masterpiece. I'm going to tell you, man, I'll get rid of you. <laughs> How? Yeah. Would he have it all the way up until? Like, you, you know, I'm trying to remember if he if ever he cut, cut it out. out. I'm trying to remember if he cut it you out. You said don't change things. Yeah, but I'm. So, I mean, barbecue sauce up until show day. I'm not saying <laughs> everything. I'm not saying everything. I'm saying no major changes. Well, that's okay. a big one for him, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'm trying to remember. I think he still put on his barbecue sauce because um, I, I'm trying to remember. A little extra carbs. And when I saw him in there. in there. I think he did. Wow. I think he did. But but all that being said, this is why people would always say, well, they would ask me, bringing the whole situation up. Well, if you're telling me to cut this out, it worked for Ronnie Coleman. And you know what my answer is? Mm. Go do Ronnie Coleman's yeah. waste, and I'll let you use Casey Masterpiece. <laughs> Nobody could do it. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody yeah. could do it. Nope. Because Ronnie would just burn it off yeah. because Ronnie trained like an absolute Nobody animal. Yep. Nobody. Mm-hmm. Nobody on the history of this planet trained like Ronnie. If you want that little bit of barbecue sauce, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. trade out all of those. That, that's it. Yeah. So the things that I do like, yeah. I do like hot sauce. I like, um, and, but you got to be careful with that because if you overdo it, you're gonna it's gonna cause acid reflux. For all you big bodybuilders uh, out there that have acid reflux, the things that you got to be really careful of. Number one, pepper based hot sauce, and when I say pepper based, I'm talking about the harshest peppers. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, some I mean they're using stuff with ghost pepper. They're using stuff even if it's like Cholula, which is really low level, but you're, if you're using it enough, it can cause acid reflux. So if you have uh, a, a tendency to get acid reflux. 
instead of doing the barbecue, uh, the hot sauce, and then having to go out there and take Pepsi and take all of these things, I highly recommend cutting it back or cutting it out. Because what happens is it can cause long-term damage. And so many people, I remember Flex Lewis telling me that he had to blend his food. I think Hunter Labrada blends his food. I don't know exactly why each individual blended their food because of their, if it was something where maybe with Flex, I'm almost certain he had digestive problems Mm -hmm. where he had to drink a lot of his food. But I think with Hunter, from what I understand, it was just more of a convenience thing. Now, I don't know if Hunter, if you're around, shoot me a message and let me know. We got to get Hunter out here. He's only in Houston. Yeah, he's not far. No, we got to get Hunter out here. But um, there was a lot of different things. When I look back, I see so many people making certain mistakes. You do not want to deal with acid reflux on a regular basis and just pop pills and hopefully get over it that it comes back because it can cause long-term damage. It can even cause cancer Mm. and through your esophagus because of all of the Mm -hmm. potential um, damage that it causes. And your cells are constantly being bombarded by that stomach acid. There's a lot of different damage that it can cause. So don't think that, hey, this is just a bodybuilding thing. I got to take in this a huge amount of food. Everybody gets it. No, minimize it. So the ways to minimize it, watch the peppers, watch the hot sauce. The mustard tends to be okay for most people. Okay. But even if you overdo that, that can cause some acid reflux as well. Um, salt and pepper is the way to go. Mm-hmm. And then- be careful around the onion-based powders as well as the garlic-based powders. Mm. Really be careful with those two. Those are These are all tips that I'm trying to give you guys so that it can minimize your heartburn. <laughs> Literally. So you're saying you're going to get the heartburn from yes. the garlic and the powder? Yes. Okay, you can, it, is, powder. It can cause you a lot of uh, – you can be much more prone to acid reflux mm-hmm. from, from those heavy seasonings. I think a lot of people, just, like especially bodybuilders, just also don't know how to cook and uh, don't know how to like maybe cook – a chicken breast properly mm-hmm. or something. And so it's just so dry. And so they're just like, oh, I need condiments all the time. So they feel like they need to like douse things because they're just not. Well, it's also the, you're, you feel deprived. Yeah, for sure. Right? So yeah. there's certain things that you feel deprived about. And some of them are those heavy sauces mm-hmm. and those heavy sauces. People want to feel sometimes like they're eating PF Chang's or Panda Express and they'll want to go in there and hammer ta- yeah. teriyaki sauce. Yeah. And the reason why you don't use some of those condiments is because either they're full of sugar or they're full of Mm -hmm. tons of sodium or they're Mm -hmm. tons of uh, different types of ingredients that can cause a lot of GI distress. Mm -hmm. So it's the same reason why you don't marinate things in marinara sauce because a lot of that tomato-based stuff can be very acidic. It can cause a lot of acid reflux. But I don't think everybody knows that, especially in the off-season, because now it's all of a sudden, it's like, oh, it's off-season. I'm still eating clean. I'm having chicken breast and I'm having some pasta, whether it's gluten-free or whether, you know, some kind of rice pasta, or if, if they don't have an issue with gluten, um, they just do it. And then they don't realize that, Hey man, I'm, I'm getting this acid reflux. I'm, yeah. you know, I'm burping up these things all the time and it screws up your digestion. So going back to this, when you're doing off season or pre-contest, I like to minimize all of those things to be able to try to really focus on digestion. If you watch some of the sebum videos, it's all about digestion, digestion, digestion. How is it digesting? You keep hearing me talk about that. You keep hearing me talk about making sure everything is on point when it comes to the ratios of fats to protein to carbohydrates. All of those things have a lot to do with maximizing your digestive mm-hmm. system. When your digestion's off, everything's off. Absolutely. Everything. Yeah, and yeah. I created products to help with those mm-hmm. things. So whether by the probiotic or whether it's the digestive enzyme, evil log for the GDA – Light all of tight. these things are light and tight. Yep. Light and tight is, yep. is super, super important. All of these things that I created was to help really make sure bowel movements were happening, yeah. you know, super dry. So some, some water is coming off early on so that we can turn around and see and assess taking out layer by layer of water instead of trying to make, make sure that, because when you start going really hard with that, what, what ends up happening as well is that you end up not deciphering between whether the water is coming out from under the skin or if it's coming out from the muscle. And what has to happen is you have to try to build layers to this. And if you just sit there and hammer strong diuretics at the very end, yeah. it indiscriminately pulls. So all of these things uh, need to be talked about a little bit because I think people are taking a lot of uh, just risk. And then you're also not getting a lot of reward. 
So it goes back to that five, you know, five slash 20 rule where it might make you 5% better or 20% mm-hmm. worse. Mm-hmm. But going back to the condiments, the same thing goes with the condiments, especially when you start working with it off season. If you start keep hammering ketchup, 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 even though it's low sugar ketchup, organic ketchup, or any of those things, and you start getting heartburn, cut back the freaking ketchup, mm-hmm. cut it back. So just all those things in moderation, and then make sure that you're really listening to your body. Oh, and he's taking away everybody's condiments. No, everybody's no. just saying, hey, <laughs> balance it out. It's all about balance. Yeah. And it's, it's person by person. It's person by process person. process it. Um, how do I get access to the new gym? The new gym. Referring to, obviously. <laughs> the new gym was being uh-huh. put on hold. I think I talked about this a little bit. Uh, I've had this conversation so many times with so many people because everybody keeps asking me when they see me. And I was at Absolute Recomp the other day and people are asking me, when's your new gym going to be ready? Mm-hmm. And I say, the gym is still in the middle of construction because I ended up putting a lot of things on hold. Uh, the office is going along nicely, but the other side of the building, which is the actual gym, there's some things that got held up because I just couldn't work on it while I was getting ready, everybody ready for the Olympia. Yeah. So now that I'm back, everything is moving. I mean, daily, um, we're getting check-ins from the contractors and getting the new flooring put in and getting the lighting put in, all of those things. So um, I'll give updates as we go, but um, it is going to be a semi-private gym. Mm-hmm. It is going to be an invite-only gym. It's going to be a gym where I can be able to get together with my athletes as well as people um, within my inner circle that would like to train and be able to shoot content and do a bunch of different things. And then I'll give out more information about it as we get closer. Keep an eye on social. Yes. Mm-hmm. Keep an eye on social. Um, training abs, body weight or with weight? Both. 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 Yeah. So again, talked about this, but it's been a while. Mm-hmm. So you need to be able to build your abs to be able to get them to pop. So use either your own body weight for tension, or you might be able to do crunches We're using a machine or using the ropes to be able to create tension. But if you have a tendency for your obliques to grow, you have to really, really be mindful so that your obliques don't kick in because if they do, they can actually widen your waist, especially if you go with really heavy weight. Mm. So make sure that if you have the tendency to have big obliques, mm-hmm. you minimize additional resistance. Use only body weight, use crunches, use certain exercises that are not going to kick in those obliques so much. So therefore, they're not going to grow. But if you're using a ton of weight, if you're going to end up taking a dumbbell and you're doing side bends with a 50-pound dumbbell and you're like, I don't know why my waist isn't getting any smaller. Yeah. Come on. Use a little common sense. Do not use heavy weights for abdominals, especially if you have obliques that tend to kick in and grow. Mm. And that even goes with lifts. If you do one-arm dumbbell rows really, really heavy and your obliques tend to kick Mm. in, that can make your obliques grow. Be careful. If you do heavy squats and you have a core that's getting bigger, that's why powerlifters have thick cores yeah. because they have to pick up heavy ass weight. Bracing their core constantly. Exactly. Yeah. So that's not going to make your waist any bigger. I was talking about that about that back in the day since men's cl- uh, physique started. I had my athletes turn around and not go super heavy. You didn't need to go four or five plates on your squats. You didn't need to do four or 500 pound deadlifts because the core strength is going to eventually kick in and your, your core is going to grow. Mm. But if you can bracket off 20, 25%, do more reps, not only are you going to be able to grow with all those ancillary muscles, but you're going to be able to have your stabilizing muscles not grow Mm. and not grow as much. So you have to do that. But again, if you're genetically have a really small waist, you're less likely for that to happen anyways. If you genetically have a bigger waist or you come from a powerlifting background, then you have ability to make sure that your gro- your waist is going to continue to grow because that's what it's done to be able to stabilize that crazy weight that you lifted. Mm-hmm. So if, what if we flip that? Any ways of making your waist smaller? Yes. Eat less. Mm-hmm. Okay. Don't, don't do those crazy heavy weights if that's what you were doing. Mm-hmm. 600 pound deadlifts, six, 700 pound squats, doing all of those things that are going to get your core kicking, cut those back, do more reps. It's going to help you grow anyways. Mm-hmm. Throw some FSC seven workouts mm-hmm. in there. Mm-hmm. That's going to help the muscle belly round, get rounder and fuller. Then by the lighter weight, those ancillary muscles and the stabilizing muscles will not kick in as much. And then also don't put so much food and volume in your stomach. So many people make a mistake of adding a ton of this mm-hmm. with their food and then they want to know, well, I'm not taking insulin. Why is my stomach so big? Yeah. Well, it's because you're putting too much food at once yeah. and then you're also adding too much liquid at once and it's stretching out. 
and you're stretching that stomach, now all of a sudden your abdominal wall is sticking out like you're nine months pregnant. Mm. Cut back the food, dude. Do you Cut think back like- the fluid when you're eating mm. because it's volume. That added volume is going to stretch your stomach. Mm. Do you think like vacuums and things help to bring your stomach? Absolutely. Why do you think Mm -hmm. the bodybuilders from the 70s and 80s were so good with their midsections? Because Mm -hmm. 60s, 70s, 80s, because they used to train their abs all the time. Modern day bodybuilders are are freaking lazy. Mm -hmm. They don't want to train their abs. It's like homework that they didn't want to do in the class that they hated the most. Dent calves. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the guys that have the best calves don't train calves because they're Mm -hmm. genetically gifted. Ask Kuklo. Oh my gosh. Yeah, he's got. Okay. I bring up Kuklo because he's in our backyard. Yeah. Ridiculous calves. <laughs> yeah. And it's one of those things where they, these guys that have amazing calves, they yeah. don't barely train them yeah. because they're just genetically gifted. Hottie, he trains the shit out of his calves because he had to get them to grow because mm-hmm. he's just not genetically gifted with them. You were, you were saying, because Derek's got some big old calves, but you were saying that they, they were not always that way. No. Yeah. Derek's legs and his calves were not big. Yeah, they're just that. growing now yeah. because we really emphasize the crap out of them. But his legs and his calves weren't good. Yeah, that's an easy. People are like, oh, well, I just genetically no, don't have No, I still don't think his calves are that great. I think mm-hmm. they're getting better. Mm-hmm. But again, I'm a little different yeah, in terms you know, of my scale is because yeah. I'm just, I have, I have some very high expectations, but yeah. that's just because I'm wired different. Well, we got one more question um, that aligns with that whole topic of you as a coach. So what would you say are the top three mistakes people make when they're picking a coach? How do you pick a good coach? I think there's a huge discrepancy of what people understand as of who a coach is and who a trainer is. Hmm. Some of them, very few, are both. Most people online are a coach, not a trainer. Hence, I'll send you a diet. I'll look at your pictures. I'll turn around. I'll give you some advice. And that's where it sits. A trainer is a person that would actually go in the gym with you, work on your biomechanics, your technique, the exercises that you need to focus on, your cadence, all of those things that a coach online doesn't do. So you have to realize, what do you need? Do you need a coach or do you need a trainer? And very few do both. Mm -hmm. And there's even fewer that do both well. That's and it. I think that most people even think that their training is perfectly on point. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, I know how to, you, I think actually you had mentioned Chris. Chris. <laughs> well, you, you're the one that's throwing him under the bus right now. No, you no. better be careful because next time you see Chris, he's going to turn around and slap. No, you, you've mentioned that before. <laughs> that, that Chris just initially said, Chris was like, oh, you know, my, my training, like, I think no, I got my I training think, down. I think you're right. I think there's a lot of people who do think that their training is on point when yeah. they don't understand that it isn't. And it's not that it's bad. Chris won three Olympias, like way before me, right? So that's not the point. The point is that, is there things that you could be doing better? Okay. You're taking a guy who's literally just won his fourth Olympia title as Mm -hmm. an example, which is a pretty extreme example, but (laughs) (laughs) that's why I'm just like. (laughs) But that is the reason I chose it. It's because there's many Okay. I give that to you. Touche. Touche. I give that to you. But you have to understand when somebody is turning around and you're thinking and a lot of bodybuilders do think this way. Yeah. They think they know everything. Yeah. I know, I know, I know. Every person I've ever started a conversation with about possibly working together mm-hmm. that said, I know, I dropped. Mm-hmm. Because if you're going to keep saying, I know, then why the hell do you have me asking? Well, asking well, can, yeah, exactly. why, why am I here yeah. as part of the solution? They're if not going to listen. Know? No. Because yeah. they're like, I know, yep. I know. I'm like, okay, so this conversation is now done. Yeah. And that's it. So- Going into it, try to understand, humble yourself to say, what are the exercises that I could be doing better? What are the body parts that I need to work on? And are there things, techniques that I can learn to be able to get these body parts to grow? Because if you don't trust that person that you're going to go, then why would you pay them? (laughs) Like, if you think that you know better, if you think that like... Obviously, find the person that, in a way, kind of makes you feel stupid, like meaning like the person that you believe you can learn a lot from. Right. That would be the person you'd want to choose. Absolutely. Absolutely. And as Chris has been super successful, mm-hmm. it was also, do I feel like there were some red flags about, hey, maybe you shouldn't do six, 700 pound deadlifts. Mm-hmm. Maybe you shouldn't, maybe you could back that off a little bit for the reasons that we just spoke about. Mm-hmm. 
maybe your waist might be getting a little bit wider because mm-hmm. you're kicking in your core. Maybe you're also doing this, this, and this, or maybe a little bit of volume could really help. Some FSC seven training can help. Maybe being able to do those shorter durations are going to really help push that fascia to be able to really increase the blood flow to give you more of a three dimensional look. Mm-hmm. All of those things combined with the proper meal plan to help with being able to feed the muscle and mm-hmm. create recovery. Those are all the things that any person can learn, not just a guy that won the Olympia four times, mm-hmm. but somebody that's even just trying to break a personal plateau. Mm-hmm. So everyone can learn. Everyone can keep getting better. Some of the simple things, if you've been listening to this podcast or if you've been following me for a long time, just go and start doing some of the stuff that you used to do 10 or 15 years ago that you stopped doing. Mm. Perfect example. If you haven't done cable flies in a long time, seated on a bench, go out and do that. Mm -hmm. You're going to get super sore because you now maybe have drifted away from taking the bench and moving it into the middle of a cable crossover machine Mm -hmm. and doing something that you used to do back in the day because you saw somebody do it and thought that was interesting. And now you kind of stopped because you just like, it's a pain in the ass. I got to go take this this bench, put it into the middle of a cable crossover machine across the room or across the gym. And then now I got to turn around and set this whole thing up. I'll just go ahead and just do some cables or I'll do some pec deck or I'll do some other kind of machine. It'll be the same. It's not. The tension is different. The time under tension feels different and you're going to get sore because it's something different and you'll grow from it. But it's something that you probably forgot about. Yeah. And that's what I tell people all the time. If there's something in there that you might've worked that has might've, that I guess the word, what I'm trying to say is that it's worked for you in the past, but you stopped doing because you just simply forgot to do it or because it was just inconvenient. You kind of get into your comfort zone. Exactly. Things you like to do. And that's what a lot of people do. Cause if you go to the gyms, I go back to San Jose and I go back to uh, the old gold, which is, uh, what is it called now? Something barbell, American barbell. Mm. And I go in there, half those people I've known for 20, 30 years. And they look all the same, <laughs> most of them, <laughs> right? Some of them, you know, have, have but they just go in the gym and yeah. they just kind of go into their routine. Yeah. And if you're listening to this podcast and you're one of them, why waste your time? Yeah. Why waste your time? Figure out a way to challenge yourself to break that plateau. This is that reminder. And by the way, I am not attacking Chris Bumstead. All right. Yes, yes, yes I am not. I was using yes, him as an example. Chris, no, Chris, shit. don't come for no. Don't come after me. I'm just saying that this is an example of somebody who is at the top of the top. That was still able to be a humble guy and learn some new things. All right. I know. There's a lot of people that will attack me. (laughs) We don't need need that. Ah, geez. Hey, but you know what's funny is when you were at the Olympia, did people recognize you because of the podcast? Yeah. Yeah, that did happen. That did happen. So shout out to everybody that stopped by. I I was ecstatic about it because I'm like, oh, I'm always the guy behind the camera. So that's it. Oh, yeah. That yeah, was cool. The, the Truth Podcast with Austin Mishwork and Honey Rambot. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Put the text underneath. <laughs> well, you have such a long last name, we don't even leave it in. Yeah. We no, just read it with just, Austin. Yeah, it doesn't, yeah. Yeah, Austin who lives in Dallas. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's awesome, man. These are some really good questions. We've, they've been killing it recently. We have gotten some great questions. Well, I think they've been pent up because we've yeah, been so bad about That's answering true. them. That's true. We've That's been true. so bad about answering but um, but again, some of you also had reached out about wanting to come and either train or do the podcast or both. So thank you guys so much. I'm going to be getting back to you guys. I got some really cool people that uh, that I have yet to share with you that had oh, shot geez. had slid into the DMs, and uh, yes, they did. Interesting. They slid into the DMs. They want to come over and uh, do an episode of the Truth Podcast, and they also want to get a training session in. So I can't wait to see you guys. I'm going to go ahead and go ahead and schedule you some stuff. Um, so that we can get together, do that, maybe do some good old Texas barbecue. Yes. Yes. All right. You know who's been talking about Texas barbecue? Mm. Calvin. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. No, yeah. He talks about it a lot. He's the yeah. king. Yeah. And shout out to Calvin. It's a Sebum's videographer. He just came out and dropped pure fire on, I believe it's on Sebum's channel. They they did such a good job for the road too. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. The guys did, did such a great job for the road too, and to, on the Olympia. And then there was like a two week lull. There was the day before, mm-hmm. and it showed all the insanity. And then the day of, where they showed some of the prejudging, they showed some of the finals footage, and then they showed some of the backstage stuff. And uh, the one good thing 
that really came out of it is I broke out of my comfort zone a bit. I normally, as you know, I turn off all the cameras when mm -hmm. I go look at people. Mm -hmm. And with Chris, he's so very transparent. He loves to show his audience videos and, and a lot of that. And I'm definitely getting more comfortable with it mm -hmm. after working with Chris. Mm -hmm. And I feel that Calvin is just, not just the fact that he's so good at what he does, but he creates a kind of a comfort level mm -hmm. of being able to do that. And I know our Tim has wanted to do it for a very long time. And I've always been like, just turn off the cameras. Let me do my job. I want to look at the athlete. I want to give the advice. And then you guys can turn it on and do whatever you want. Talk mm -hmm. about it. I'm going to leave the room. Mm -hmm. But some of those moments got captured that I didn't know was being filmed. He took his camera and it was a, it was a backstage moment where I pulled Chris aside and it, it's in the, in the last uh, episode and he left it on and he put the camera down and Chris and I didn't know mm. it was on. And I had the conversation one-on-one -on -one, I don't want to paraphrase it cause it's not worth paraphrasing. I don't want to water it down. And you can tell that I don't know the camera's on because every other word is F. <laughs> F that. I, I try to control myself on this podcast just to try to make sure. you know it's real. It. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's how you know it's real because every other word that came out of my mouth was an F-bomb. Yep. And I think that, uh, so if you haven't had a chance to go watch it, definitely go watch it. I'll put a link up in the, uh, in the description so you guys got a chance to go watch it. But Kelvin did a great job. I want to say thank you, Kelvin, for being a great storyteller. Be he is. Mm -hmm. He is. He's a really good storyteller. I mean, Chris's entire team, he's got Maddie, he's got everything. And even, even the guys that he works with at, at Raw, mm -hmm. I mean, um, Matt and those guys and, um, and Dom, those guys are just, you know, they're, they're a great group, uh, group of people. Mm -hmm. And I think that what happens is uh, everybody kind of stays their own lane in the supplement world and in the coaching world. But I've also look at things a lot differently now um, with my birthday a couple of days ago and being able to now uh, focus on stop smelling the flowers and being able to appreciate to stop and smell the flowers, stop, not to, stop smelling the flowers. <laughs> no, to stop and smell the flowers yeah. and, and appreciate it because yeah. for the first couple of weeks after the Olympia, everyone's like, Oh, I'm sure you're on cloud nine. I'm like, no, mm -hmm. I'm still going because I have to still now focus on the building. I got a lot of other things to do. I'm working on formulas and flavors and I've got all these other stuff that I'm working on. I got so many things that kind of put on hold because of the Olympia prep with the guys I don't even get to enjoy the fruits of their labor. Like say, hey, wow, these guys killed it. One and two at the Olympia. Uh, Chris uh, arguably is best ever, which I was super proud of. And I was just saying, you know, having somebody like Calvin taking those photos for him, taking photos of us and seeing some of those things, I got to really appreciate it. So You can take that time now to look back and appreciate yes, it based off going, of all that capturing. Exactly. Yeah. Because when I look at it now – I appreciate it so much more because now that I've stepped away from it, it's been now several weeks since the Olympia, I can go back and kind of absorb. Mm -hmm. Because at the time, as much as I'm trying to get everybody else to be in the moment, I'm only in the moment for the performance of them to be able to get them to be able to get into that winner circle. Yeah, It's always about them. Now I can sit back and say, what did you know? we accomplish together? It's this amazing thing and it's truly historic and I got to appreciate it instead of saying, okay, what are we doing next? Mm. So now I'm just, I'm trying to change that a little bit because um, I was able to filter some of that with Phil a little bit because Phil would grab me by the shoulder and say, take the moment in, understand. And, and I said, I'll take the moment in once we win. That's what it was about. Mm. It was about once you have the trophy in your hand, then I'll take a, I'll take a deep breath. But now it's even further than that because now you have somebody documenting things. So we have our Tim doing some things. I see Calvin doing some things at a very high level. I mean, I think it's an hour, hour and 10 minute long video. I don't know if you saw it. I haven't gotten to watch the whole thing, but I've watched a portion of it. Yeah. yeah. So when you watch it, it's just like, it's like a little documentary type thing for the last 24 hours of the mm -hmm. show, including up to the finals and right afterwards. So if you had a chance to look at it, I think take a look at it, guys. It, it would behoove you. And, uh, and I'm starting to realize that these types of things are really important. Got to stop and smell the sand house. <laughs> stop and smell the sand <laughs> yeah. Or rub, rub, rub its head. Yeah, exactly. You know, for good luck. Like Phil used to rub my belly. No kidding. 
No kidding. No kidding aside. I'll let, I'll let him tell the story. And I what? said, what the hell are you doing? He says, it's like Buddha, dude. It's good luck. Can we luck. get him in here for that one? Because I want to know what the heck. That... He said it was like Buddha. It was like good luck. Interesting. Yeah. We yeah. Before we'd one. walk over to the night show, like he'd come over and rub the belly. Oh. And he's like, okay, dude, it's well, good. Apparently it's good. it worked. Buddha, Buddha, apparently <laughs> the Buddha <worked>. belly. <laughs> oh my God. So, um, so again, guys, um, the other thing that I book a business, FST7 app. I just uploaded a new update on that. It was a chest and bicep focus update. Um, I'm getting ready to start up my video chats with my members on that as well. So that's going to be announced this week. So if you are a member on there, you're going to be getting a message to show exactly when that's going to be. If you have a chance to see it live, great. If you don't, you get to see the um, the replay of that with the interaction with some of the members on the app. So if you sign up for the app, you get that as well. So I'm going to be starting that all up back up since now that the Olympia is over. And um, again, I appreciate all of you. Is there anything else that you want to close with, Austin? I don't think so. I just keep, you know, dropping the great questions in the comments because you guys have been really killing it. So keep an eye out on our social media, on both Evagens, on yours, on Instagram, um, where we'll put some of these Q&As out. But also if you just, if you got a question now, pop it in the comments below in the YouTube channel and we'll get to them. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and to stay tuned for all the collabs and different things we're going to be doing. Mm -hmm. um, so on the channel, on YouTube. And I appreciate you guys all. Hani Rambod, Austin, and that's the truth.